Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, on the occasion of the upcoming Columbus Arts Festival and the second iteration of their Sign Your Art installation, I sat down with organizer and artist Stephanie Rond to talk about her work the importance of setting and knowing your value, the thorns she sees in the Columbus arts community, and the very charming S.Dot Gallery. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Also, the Confluence Cast is on Patreon. Find out how to support this podcast on our website, theconfluencecast.com, or at patreon.com confluence. The Confluence Cast is sponsored by Art Makes Columbus, Columbus Makes Art, featuring stories about our city's incredible artists, stories full of inspiration, challenge, passion, and success. For videos, articles, an up-to-the-minute calendar of events, and an artist directory, visit columbusmakesart.com, the resource for all things arts and culture in the capital city. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here with Stephanie Rond, visual artist, arts administrator, gallery owner, gallery curator? Sometimes. Sometimes. Stephanie, how are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. We're sitting down with Stephanie on the occasion of the upcoming Arts Festival and the second iteration of her community art project, Sign Your Art. First of all, Stephanie, tell us about sign your art we'll get deep into it here in a bit but let's let's give the elevator pitch on what it is okay sign your art is a project that i am working on with another artist katherine bell smith this is our second year of doing the project and the idea behind it is the best way i can pitch this is in a what if so as a creative a lot of us have what ifs to questions so um what if we had like wood wood plaques that we then drill a hole through that we can attach to signposts. And what if we hired 64 creatives uh, to design these tiles? So the creatives are not just visual artists, but they're writers, dancers, musicians. And so they create what we call an anchor tile. And then what if we go to the Columbus Arts Festival and ask the community to also paint tiles? And then we match four community tiles with the anchor tile and put these all over street signs all over the city. And so what if we took a Google pin map on a map and pinpointed each signpost? And then what if that spelled out the word art across the entire city of Columbus? Fantastic. And then that is then a wayfinding for people to find where these pieces of art are, these these pretty small pieces of public art because once you put all five together it's you know the size of a sheet of paper yeah so each tile is about four by six inches um so if you put five of those together um in a in a you know portrait scale um on the back of a signpost because it's actually for pedestrians rather than drivers we don't want anybody getting any accidents so it's more of a walking tour well people can use google maps on their phones certainly completely so Can you talk a little bit more about the artists that create the anchor tiles? 
Absolutely. So um, the artists that we have this year are 64 new creatives. So we've done the project before in 2015, Mm -hmm. but in 2017, the artists and the creatives are all new artists. Great. Can you talk about why you guys didn't do it in 2016? Were you worn out? Uh, yes, to be honest, we okay. were very worn out. Um, and at the time, um, my partner and I, Catherine Bell-Smith, were launching another project um, with two other partners, Amy Lybren and Lisa McLimit, um, for a project called Columbus Open Studio and Stage. So mm-hmm. last year, we spent a lot of time concentrating on getting that launched. Um, and it will be returning this year as well. Great. And no need to grab your notepad. You can get information on all the projects and the artists that we discuss in this episode in the show notes at theconfluencecast.com. Stephanie, let's step back and tell us about yourself as an artist. Okay, sure. So I am a Columbus native. Um, I grew up through the Columbus public school system. I graduated from Fort Hayes uh, and then went on to the Ohio State University where I got a Bachelor of Fine Arts. I've pretty much been making art forever. Um, in May, it'll be my 20-year anniversary anniversary of my Bachelor of Fine Arts uh, exhibition at OSU. Great. So I will be returning to OSU almost to the exact date to do a, um, it's not really a retrospect, it's more of like a history of my work. Okay. So I have one piece from my senior thesis. Great. And one of your day gigs is running the Carnegie Gallery at the main library. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So I uh, used to work at the main library, 96 South Grant Avenue, uh, in the Humanities and Fine Arts Division. Um, And I left the library to um, try to make a living as an artist full time. Mm -hmm. Um, And myself and Chuck Cody decided to found the gallery. It's going on its 11th year now. Um, And we thought that the library was a great place to have a conversation about how visual literacy leads to text literacy. Okay. Um, and also to give the community an opportunity to see art in a place that they might not usually see art or where a place where they might not be, um, you know, comfortable going to galleries or museums, but they still have the right to see art. But it's something that they almost would stumble upon there. It's it's in a space that people don't traditionally think that they would find a gallery. Exactly. And since the renovation last year, um, they have built two bridges to the gallery. So the gallery is actually completely um, part of the library now. And it's funny when... I'll Where be, is it exactly? Um, it's on the second floor in okay. the old... It's in the old Carnegie part of the building. Okay. Um, so there's two bridges over to it. And it's great because when I'll be installing a show and someone will come along and say, oh, I had no idea this was here. So it's like the front... As a kid who grew up going to that library, it's in the second floor, the front portion, which the way I perceive it, or rather the way that I remember it, was just a hallway. So it's now three separate spaces. So that hallway that you're thinking of um, is there with the beautiful marble. Mm -hmm. Um, And then one of the bridges is a new gallery. So it's light and bright. And then we also have uh, another space that used to be reception for administration. Okay. And that's where we originally got the idea for the gallery that you know this was a space that could be used got it and it's always been a public space Uh, absolutely yes got it and then is that monthly rotating shows there we do six shows a year okay so the exhibits are up for about six weeks got it and then how are you choosing those shows 
Um, so we we go with other nonprofits. We mm-hmm. see this as a satellite space to not only bring art to the community, but to give um, that sat that's that nonprofit more visibility. Okay. So we work with the Ohio Art League, Roy G. Bev, uh, Creative Women of Color. So all visual art nonprofits. Exactly. Great. You are known primarily for being a street artist. I know that's not sort of like a title you would introduce yourself as, but doing prefabricated work that then goes up in a, a streetscape basically. Yeah. Can you talk about how you got to that art? Is that what you were studying at Ohio State originally? That's a good question. So I, um, yeah, I'm not really into labels. So street art is how people identify me and I'm okay with that. But you're Um, not going to introduce yourself that way. But I'm not going to introduce myself that way. Um, when I was at OSU, I was very interested in advertising. So I went to school in the nineties. Um, you know, so I was one of the riot girls. Okay. Um, so I was really interested in how women were being portrayed in outdoor spaces specifically. Um, so it, made sense that I would make the jump to street art, which I did in 2007. So I've been doing this for about 10 years. Got it. Um, And it's hand cut stencil and spray paint on paper that is then wheat pasted to a wall, usually a natural wall. And I like that because uh, it won't damage the wall. Mm -hmm. And you just did a piece uh, inspired by, well, the model for was Lisa McClimate that you just put up at I. Is it OSU College of Nursing? Yeah, no, I actually got to wheat paste on OSU Oval, which oh, okay. um, was kind of one of the um, reasons why I agreed to do the exhibition in May, because I wanted to do something that had never been done before. Uh-huh. Um, and Lisa Craig Morton... Not that nobody's ever wheat pasted there. Right, no, no, but on but, the Oval. <laughs> well, and, well, and it was sanctioned. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. Yeah, it's probably good to clarify that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lisa Craig Morton, who runs the art exhibits at the Faculty Club, okay. which is um, Orton Hall on uh, the Oval, mm-hmm. she... Uh, spent about a year making sure that she had all of the permission that she needed to do it. So I'm very appreciative of her. OSU is pretty specific about what they they allow outside. <laughs> yes, they are. Definitely. They control the space. <laughs> Can you talk about some of the other uh, projects that you've been involved in in and around Columbus? Well, last year I just finished up uh, a project called Dare to be Heard with the Cultural Arts Center, which was um, an exhibition that ended actually two days before the election um, took place, but it was uh, a response to making sure that women creatives had a uh, space to talk about what it's like being a woman creative. And so what did that look like? Were these series of conversations? Was Was it actually generating visual art? Yeah, so it was a a very large exhibition that encompassed not just visual artists. We did have visual artists um, from all over the world, actually. We had 16 large pieces of art. um, And then throughout the entire exhibit, we had different events. So we had a performance piece. We had uh, a poetry night. We had workshops on how to make a zine, um, just all all kinds of workshop things. Got it. Let's talk about sort of how you work. And I want to then delve back into a couple other projects that you've worked on. Do you see your work mostly as project based in that, you know, every two months you've got to get a show up at uh, the Carnegie Gallery and, you know, once a year there's going to be a bigger project. And then I imagine that you have other commitments as well. Can you talk about sort of how you manage that work as an artist? Yeah. So um... you have a calendar. 
Yeah, <laughs> I um I happen to be if you if you look at my artwork and my stencil cutting, you'll see that I'm an extremely type A okay um, type of person. So um, yeah, I actually have two calendars, okay. one one online and then one in print because I'm also terrified that the online one's going to disappear and I'll have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. Okay. I do have to schedule my creative time oh, and okay. um, be very vigilant about not cutting into that, okay. that creative time. And do, where do you work out of? I work from home. Okay. Yeah. And so give me some specifics, like how many hours a week do you say that you need to do it at five days a week? How much do you do? Yeah. That, there's kind of a joke between me and my colleagues that I never get a day off, but mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to me because I love what I do so much that I consider, you know, I consider myself very lucky to 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 be busy like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to do most of my creative work on weekends. Okay. Because that's when people are exp- not expecting emails and texts. Like yesterday, I had you 40- don't have to have to respond to things. Exactly. I can wait until Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I try to get in the studio at least two times a week besides that. It just depends on what the project is, and really. And so given the nature of your work, what's a block of time look like? Can it be as short as like two hours? It can if I'm doing the creative thinking part. Like the sketching? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. Okay. Is it sort of like other project-based work in that you're... I'm thinking of like a sales funnel right now. Like is, are you lining up the work and sort of like, if I came to you with a project right now and said, Hey, I've got X amount of dollars and that amount of money is acceptable to you. Would you say, okay, I can fit you in here. Yes. That's exact. That's you are that busy. Basically. Is it fair? I'm to- that lucky. Yes. Great. <laughs> Good. Excellent way of putting it. Excellent yes. way of putting it. And so what are the other, for the most part, what sort of clients do you see come in? Are, is it commercial work? Is it you applying for grants and then fulfilling that grant obligation? Tell me about the type of work as it comes in. Sure. So, um, I get a lot of requests to do public speaking. Okay. Um, and also to, thanks for being here, by the way. Oh, of course. <laughs> thanks for having me to do public speaking and also do community interventions. Okay. Um, so for example, last year I was at, um, the Columbus Museum of Arts Creativity Summit and I was the last speaker. So we did, a creativity interruption so to speak okay and I also get asked to do a lot of things in the street art culture um I run a website called women street artists okay so I founded the website in 2008 I believe um just because I noticed there wasn't a place where I could find colleagues so I just basically started being a librarian and cataloging all these women street artists um so I get a lot of requests through that, um, I was just in a um, international book called Women Street Artists that came out of that website. Um, and then I also get asked to go to schools a lot. So this year I'm at two elementary schools. Last year I was at a high school. Almost as a residency type program. Exactly like a residency. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. so you're getting, you know, paid for your time. You're getting paid an honorarium or a salary, depending on how they basically how they term it. Yes. But you don't have what one would call a traditional nine to five job. No. You're basically no. budgeting your time to do your work. Yeah. The joke is that I'm, you know. I, well, and I really am nickeling and diming my way through life. So, okay. yeah. 
how stringent do you have to be about setting a price on your time? That is kind of one of the nice things about working for myself. Uh Um, I can look at, for an example, I can look at a school that may not have a lot of money Mm -hmm. um, and charge them one price that is different from a school that may be able to help help me out a little bit more and so by um, virtue of that the the again for lack of a better term the well-funded school is helping fund your work at the less privileged school yeah and i'm very honest with them about that um and they've never had a problem with it um because it i think you know all of these kids need to experience ways to to share their voice and their creativity so i've never heard a negative from saying that. Absolutely. Well, now I'm going to add educator to, you know, your list of titles. From the things that you've talked about, it doesn't sound like a whole lot of art production for yourself or for clients. Are you doing grant submissions as well? I will do a... I, I do a couple of like juried competitions. Okay. That, you mean um, you submit to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sometimes have um, compensation attached to them. Okay. Yeah. You've received like artist support grants before. No? No. Okay. <laughs> but you don't work in that way and you don't actually feel like you need those grants. No, I, I've i been fortunate in that um, people buy my gallery work, mm-hmm. um, not just in Columbus, but in other locations. Okay. Um, so I've been really lucky in that the gallery sales support doing the street work okay which gives me the freedom to say and do what i want okay gotcha so do you have representation i used to have representation in atlanta okay Um, i do not have representation in columbus gotcha and currently you don't have representation at all. no no i don't for visual artists that are coming up can you talk about that experience and what the representation artist relationship looks like Um, or what your experience was what my experience um the don't throw anybody under no no no, of course not the experience that i had with the atlanta gallery um i really enjoyed it we had a great relationship um it's really really tough to keep a gallery open okay um is that place not in operation anymore they changed management um and i and i do know there's a couple galleries in town that do representation and they take really really good care of their artists i think that's one of the questions when looking for representation is to make sure that both sides are you know benefiting and happy that it's an equitable relationship exactly yeah how did they find you they found me through uh one of my collectors okay it was a, a friend of one of my collectors that he knew she was starting a gallery and said, Hey, I think you'd like this artist. And, Mm -hmm. um, from there, our relationship really blossomed. And there were contracts and there was a negotiation process and, and that all. And so were they simply putting you in shows there in Atlanta or were they do, were they big enough to be doing art fairs or, no, they, really did, yeah, they didn't do art fairs. So okay. um, they were big enough that they had um, some celebrity clients. Okay. Um, so they didn't really do the art fairs. Mm-hmm. They had enough of a client base that they didn't need to do that. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. In terms of representation, is that something that you think that you'll eventually go back to or you're not really interested in that you're you're for you keep saying i'm fortunate in that i get to do this 
I'm just curious if you view that as something down the road for you. Sure. I, I prefer to be a yes person to always leave the doors, windows, everything open. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course I'd be, you know, open to getting in a relationship like that again. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and you know, so normally I start by saying, let's get into the, the nuts and bolts of how you work, but there all that was, let's step back a little bit. And can you, in addition to female representation in street art, can you talk a little bit about some of the inspiration for your work? Absolutely. So, um, most of, I make a character that I call ghost girl. Okay. Um, a lot of people think it's because she's blue, but it's actually because I think she represents the ghost of all humanity. Okay. Um, at least to me, she does. Um, and I want to put girls in active, um, in active environments, being citizens, uh, in the environments rather than objects. Um, a lot of people will say that my work has uh, whimsy to it, but that there's also some underlying, um, you know, social political uh, discussions within it. Uh, when I was in college, I was like this super hardcore, you know, punk right, rock girl. feminist girl, right? Girl with m- no I and multiple R's. <laughs> R I I I, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but I was pretty aggressive in college about what my messages were. And I realized that I was alienating my audience from the very beginning. So I've learned this trick of kind of, you know, making the images more comfortable Mm -hmm. so that you feel welcome in the conversation rather than being screamed at. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you a question there. What is very general definition? What is art? Oh, wow. I know. No, I know. I'm asking. This is a leading question though. Uh, How about this? What is art meant to be? In my opinion, art is meant to be another way to experience the human condition and to make sure that people don't feel alone in how they're feeling. Great. I would say, I guess, that I believe that art is meant to be challenging and that there are arts with an S that are palatable and enjoyable and in my mind, those tend to be crafts and something that's replicatable, but that art, whether it be in music or performing art or visual art, is supposed to, if not cause a negative response, to at least cause a response. That's what I mean by sort of challenge and, and you know, scratch a little bit. Yeah, I would rather that people hated my work than have no reaction to my work. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Let's delve a little bit more into Sign Your Art, which uh, people will have the ability to participate in at the Columbus Arts Festival coming up on the riverfront. So people will sit down, and does anybody have the opportunity to pick up a tile and and go to town on it? Yeah, so there is a registration system because we notify everyone that gets into the project where exactly their tile is so that they can go visit it. Okay. Um, But yeah, it's as easy as giving us your email address and then each tile has a number assigned. So we write down that number. You can do it at the actual tent at the Arts Festival. Great, okay. Yeah, Yeah. so it's a really, yeah, basically show up to the Sign Your Art tent and you can make a tile. Got it. Yes. Got it. And no limitation on what medium they use, no limitation on what they actually put on there. No. It does go back to GCAC, and they're the ones that put it up. 
physically. Catherine and I are the ones that put it up. But yes, Sorry, yeah, we, that's okay. No, they're they're our partners for sure. Right. Um, but yeah, so we we provide materials. So we uh, have outdoor latex paint and sharpies, and um, you know some people did attach things to it that were you know things that they had brought, and that's totally fine as long as it's within the perimeter of the tile. Okay. Because we did get approval for a specific sized tile. Got it. Is it completed on site at the arts festival? Exactly. Yeah, Got it. they complete them on site, and the, a nice thing about it too is uh, a lot of the artists that made the the anchor tiles mm-hmm. volunteer so it's an opportunity for the artists in the community to have a little more face time that's great given that you are a Columbusite and Columbus born and bred and have continued to stay here can you talk about first of all why you continue to stay here and then I want to get a little bit into what are the other things in addition to your work the good things that you're seeing in the Columbus arts community. I'm still here because I really do believe in Columbus as a community. Um, It definitely has its thorns. Okay. Um, But as creatives, it's our job to kind of expose to those thorns and and talk about them. Um, I think the art community in Columbus is extremely powerful. Um, and of course the libraries are fantastic too. <laughs> Indeed. Can you My ta- husband's a librarian. Oh, so. <laughs> I, see. I see. Now, now I see your affinity. Yeah. Um, can you talk about some of the thorns that you see? I think that within the creative community, there's a lot of segregation and I don't mean, it, um, I mean like in, in medium, like I think dancers should be talking to writers, writers should be talking to visual art. I think that, um, and I think we're doing better at it. I mm-hmm. think that we're talking about it. Um, and I also think there is um, separations in terms of race mm-hmm. um, and something, something like Scott. Something that we've certainly talked about on here. We just did an interview a couple of months ago with Scott Woods. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what Scott Woods did, mm-hmm. um, I know he's probably still recovering. He's one of our uh, t- anchor artists, actually. Oh, fantastic. Um, but yeah, what he did was um, phenomenal. I don't want to continue to call them thorns. I want to think of them as opportunities. Are there other things that we should be doing more of? Um, I would like, honestly, I, I would like to see more public art space Mm -hmm. or or more spaces for public art of all kinds, honestly. Can you think of examples of things that you've seen in other metropolitan areas that we could implement? Um, yeah. So one of the things we could do is start a mural program. Uh, I know that there's the, the vinyls down in the short North and those are great. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you look at a city like Philadelphia, which is known as the city of murals, Mm -hmm. um, I just think that that um, adding art to outdoor space is a real way to honor and honor a community mm-hmm. and, and share that uh, you know we all deserve the right to see art and we all deserve to see ourselves represented in art. How would something like that be implemented? Is it is it an issue of cost? Is it an issue of the city simply? Because most of these are private buildings that you're talking about the murals would go on. How does something like that happen? I mean, I think that's a great question. I think that that would take a lot of research um, to, you know, to start that discussion. I appreciate you asking the question because certainly it's the, okay, how do we get there? Mm -hmm. You know, like the what if. But it's not necessarily something you have the answer to. Not without spending some time researching it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. (laughs) I love how you don't say, no, I don't know. You say... My husband, my husband's a librarian (laughs) and I will go and figure it out. 
Exactly. I mean, I will be happy to call somebody in Philadelphia and ask them. <laughs> That's what we do. We do yeah. benchmarking and we go out and we, you know, figure out how other people did it. Exactly. Sign your art. I certainly don't want to demean it, but it is a pretty simple what if then this. Yeah, what if, what, what if, if, what then if. then this statement. Yeah. Right. I, I think... Um, you know, we didn't know what to expect the first time in terms of how the community would want to get involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually had to make a bigger tent okay. uh, this year. That was something that we learned is people were really spending a lot of time mm-hmm. um, and really thinking about what their message was. So we will have a bigger tent this year. So no one's going to be, well, you may fill that one up then. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Good. Good. As someone who does street art, can you talk about sort of your view of illegal street art and not specifically graffiti, but work that is put up sort of without the property owner's permission, whether that be city property, whether that be a public space or a private space? What are I imagine you have some thoughts on that. Yeah. So um, I just gave a talk at Creative Mornings uh, back in February. Mm -hmm. Um, And whenever I go out and speak in public, I always ask what people think the difference between tagging and graffiti and street art Mm -hmm. are. Um, And of course, they come up with all kinds of answers. And um, I think they're all right. I think that... You believe all those answers are correct. I do. Got it. And I think that the words tagging and the words graffiti um, are used very derogatory. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of disrespect coming from a place where I, as a maker, know that sometimes you have to make marks because it's the only way you can get someone to listen to you. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, I'm, you know, not into... Um, vandal vandalization myself mm-hmm. but rather than judging somebody who's tagging or graffiti or you know doing something illegal I try to think about where that person may be in their life that mm-hmm. people aren't listening to what they have to say okay so is it fair to and I certainly don't want to put words in your mouth with this is it do you believe that the words tagging and street art are synonymous or can be yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that those are all labels. I okay. think that um, that's why I try... Even down that, to street yeah, art is absolutely. a label. Okay. Um, so I try not to use those labels. I understand it's a way to define things in a conversation. Right. Um, but yeah, I try not to use those terms. Okay. I guess with the terms tagging and graffiti, Mm -hmm. I wonder, you know, I wonder what can be done to make sure that those messages are being heard, right? Like what? Well, there is certainly a background of photography in that work. Right. Because it tends to be temporary. Mm -hmm. And most... uh, quote unquote street artists start out as taggers. So when you shut somebody down right away without figuring out where they are in their life. And by shutting them down, do you mean arresting them? Well, I mean, I certainly don't want to go to jail, but Columbus does have very um, strict rules which I, un- I understand both sides, I guess, is what, I, what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I just, I think that you have to be really careful that you're not putting, putting somebody down even more than they need to be, well, I and guess. This, and I asked this question, I don't know the answer to it. Is it fair to say that you've put up work that you haven't been given permission ahead of time to put up? No. That's I, not fair to say? No. Okay. I, um, so I believe in art karma, okay. which means I am too old to go to jail. And okay. Well, I don't <laughs> think that's what art karma means. Well, but. well, 
I believe in art karma. I believe that if I do something illegal, then something bad's going to happen to me. Fair. That's just my take on the whole thing. Um, so I always ask permission. Mm -hmm. um, and my my style or my, yeah, I guess my style is pretty recognizable. Mm -hmm. um, so they could very easily know it was one of my pieces. Right. Um, most of the time, the only time I really get flack is when I'm trying to take the piece down and people are like, hey, I, I like that piece. What are you doing? And then I say, hey, oh, well, thanks, that tends I'm to the happen. artist. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that tends to happen because sort of the timeline that it's supposed to be that it's not because you're collecting it to go sell, right? Or is no, or is I mean, it like, so the wheat paste, when I yeah. go back to a wall, like, there's one over on Strongwater right now. Mm -hmm. I'll probably clean that off pretty soon. Okay. When I'm cleaning that piece off, I have people that come up to me and want, you know, want to know why I'm removing that piece. And you're piece. simply taking it down because it's deteriorating exactly. and you don't want it to be. I don't want it you to You don't look, want it to be yeah, up in a yeah. deteriorated state. Exactly. Got it. Right. Got it. One other project that I wanted to talk to you about is the SDOT Gallery. Um, you are the proprietor owner of the S dot gallery. What is the S dot gallery? So S dot gallery is, um, just like any other gallery in that we have artists that have been exhibiting in the gallery for, um, going on six years now. Okay. Um, but the gallery is inside of a dollhouse. So all of the work land is a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, the, gal the gallery is inside of a dollhouse, so mm -hmm. all of the artists make miniature scaled artwork for the gallery. Where is the dollhouse? It's in my dining room. Okay. So Do you hold public exhibitions of the... The gallery is a piece of art itself. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Do you... Does it go places? Sometimes um, it's a she. Sometimes she makes Excuse an me. appearance. Okay. <laughs> Not it. She has a pronoun. Sometimes she will make appearances, but mostly it's all online. Okay. So S. Gallery has a complete uh, website because each exhibition is a collaboration between myself and the artist because okay. I write an entire story to go with their exhibition um, each month and then they also write artist statements so we kind of create this story because they create the entire environment so, and so what sort of time like what's the exhibition schedule for that is it are you doing something are you trying to do something quarterly no or? we do one a month Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, right before I came here, I was with the March um, gallery artist. And okay. He, he is working on his install right now. I used to work at the Wexner Center for the Arts. And when you say install, I think of like preparators and, and sometimes the artists themselves like coming in and like making sure everything is properly placed. What sort of artists are doing works in SDOT Gallery? They're all visual artists. Uh, yeah. And yeah, are they, they are all visual artists. Are they furnishing this dollhouse? Is it, and I apologize for no, not having okay. seen this ahead of time. Is it open like a gallery is, or are there rooms and like a, a one of them's the bathroom that it's always going to be the bathroom? Yes. So the whole bottom floor is I just asked an either or open. statement and you said yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, I told you I'm a yes I person. I love it. I love it. So the whole bottom is completely open, okay. but I did have to put it in a bathroom okay. um, because people it, have, you know, if they come to the opening, they need a place to go. Um, and then there's three rooms upstairs 
and um, the artists create the entire environment. So I will ask them, like, what, you know, what kind of vibe are you going for? And it's really interesting. They'll say, oh, I'm going for shabby chic or so modern. So are they furnishing? Or, the, give me an example of an artist who is who has done a good job of taking advantage of the space. Yeah, so I have four boxes full of dollhouse furniture. Okay. Um, and they create a vibe with all of this furniture. Okay. Yeah. It's starting to make a lot more sense mm-hmm. now, or so, more sense. And they will bring their own work, or they will generate pieces for the space as well. Exactly. So they come over to the house and they'll have all of their artwork with them. And then I've asked for like a vibe. Mm-hmm. So it, say we'll just say modern for, okay. for now. And so when they come over, I'll get out all the modern furniture. Okay. And then they have a couple of different ways they work. You know, sometimes they'll put the art in first. Sometimes they set the environment. Sometimes they do both at once. Um, but they are always thinking of it in terms of what is the story? What is the story that we're going to write after I create this? I see. And so what sort of, first of all, is this a funded project or has it been funded? It's not funded. Okay. It's funded by me. Just out of curiosity. <laughs> I mean, just again, just out of curiosity, is the website the only outlet for it? Is the like, website you, the only place to see it? Correct. Yes. Well, is it has it always been that way? Yes. Okay. So when I when I founded the gallery, the conversation was also about accessibility, just like okay. art in outdoor environments. Um, this gallery is accessible all the time online, mm-hmm. um, but it is also inaccessible in a physical space. Yeah, because it's in your dining room. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's quite inconvenient to open up my house every day yeah well, absolutely <laughs> or even for even or even once a month it's yeah. not that not that easy yeah are there other and i'm just curious sort of you know have you been asked to speak on the SDOT gallery or do you have you done you know presentations on it in in artist talks yeah so um we, um, Andrew, Ina, myself, and Dan Gerdeman, we had done this film called Tiny Out Loud, which talks about uh, Stock Gallery and the street art and how it's the same conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ruth Milligan saw it at the Wexner Center for the Arts and then asked me to do a TEDx talk. So you've done a TEDx talk on it as well. Yeah. And we should say also that the the film it's a festival film i mean it's it's not still touring right no so it did travel all over the country in film festivals Mm -hmm. um but it's accessible online as well so it's completely free you don't have to pay for it um and you can just go to my website and see the link for tiny out loud and watch watch the film it's 12 minutes long we will link that in the show notes as well perfect i really do love the idea of that project Seventy, thank you so much for your time today. I imagine you will be at Arts Festival helping to administer things during that weekend. So please do go. And thanks, Stephanie, for her work in putting Sign Your Art together. Stephanie, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite artist. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. 
Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week. <laughs>